You obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, this is Larnell Stovall, stunt coordinator, fight coordinator, second unit director, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight for a return engagement, martial artist, actor, stuntman, fight choreographer, action director, Larnell Stovall. Larnell, thank you so much for coming back to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Oh man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Uh, When we last spoke, you were really busy with Altered Carbon, uh, which is coming back for season two, from what I understand. Are you coming back with a second season by any chance? Actually, I'm not. I'm not coming back for season two. Uh, It's going to cross into another project that I'm forward to doing that I can't talk about right now, but it's going to cross into that same time frame. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, they got they have an amazing uh, stunt coordinator stepping in, action director stepping in, you know, friend of mine. I uh, won't say his name, you know, because, you know, it's not known to the world yet, but, gotcha. uh, you know, so some of the some of the same people are coming back, uh, but, you know, there will be a different uh, head of action, you know, someone that I know is going to get in there and kill it and put his own brand on it. So, Looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Very cool. Uh, I do want to congratulate you on that uh, first season, though. Some great action there. Uh, I particularly enjoyed Deech and Lockman doing her thing. Uh, I don't know if she's a martial artist or anything, but, man, when she was fighting, she looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. Deech was amazing. Uh, that fight was so interesting. You know, there's so many stories <laughs> behind <laughs> that fight scene, man. Oh, wow. I'm not sure if I can even reveal them just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and nothing to do with the nudity at all. Just more the cha- the challenge of what it took to get that fight scene done in the very limited time I had to do it. That's all I can say. Other than that, look, it took great teamwork, but the actresses, they trained hard. They were always rehearsing. Anytime they could find some type of time frame, they would try to find an hour, 50 minutes or something, and... uh you know, Daichun, you know, she, you know, great thing about what she brought to the table was her dedication led her training from L.A. to Vancouver back and forth because, you know, she recently had a baby, you know, before that uh, that part. What? Yeah, she kind of had almost a newborn at home, you know. Um, so she was constantly going back and forth, you know, uh, taking care of baby. And uh, I would set up a trainer for her in Los Angeles, uh, amazing martial artist named Pepe. Uh, who was training her. She would constantly send me the videos of uh, the drills I was asking them to do or different uh, ideas for the fight scenes. And, and uh, it paid off because, you know, it was her, you know, so she did an awesome job. Yeah, really amazing work. And like you said, it had nothing to do with the nude at all. I mean, she was swinging those swords around and doing those throws. She looked amazing. Yeah, that, that was the whole point. You know, we wanted to make sure that after a while, the audience forgot that she was nude because we're just busy watching a fight. And if that was the case, then we did our job. Great teamwork all around, great you know, visionary of capturing uh, them on film in such a beautiful way that the nudity was secondary. You know, It was so uh, much more involved and concerning the story than the action. And it just so happened one person was nude. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Yeah, with with all the stuff that was going on, that really did wind up being secondary. So well done to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great teamwork once again. Great teamwork. All right. So now from sleeves to superheroes, you are now the fight choreographer and stunt coordinator for DC Universe's Titans. Now, you've been really vocal on Twitter about how excited you are for the series. Tell me how you got involved with that whole project. Wow, that's an interesting one uh, because um, hmm, ooh, I got involved by uh, a recommendation for the series. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say this and then we might have to clean it up, okay? Okay. All, right. all right all right no uh what happened was um i got brought in possibly halfway through the season okay which is can be interesting and, and weird at times all right um i, I was uh interviewed by uh, greg berlanti himself um he saw my work and within like one minute he said, you got the job. How soon can you get out there? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I guess what happened was uh, they wanted to go through some restructuring of the action. Okay. Um, they wanted it more brutal. They wanted it more violent, more vicious and visceral. And they wanted to push the boundaries. And they, I guess, you know, what was happening already on the show, they weren't satisfied with concerning the direction of what the action was. And I'm careful to say that because it's no fault to the individuals there who were doing the action before me. You know, they were doing what they were told to do, you know, which was um, have Robin be, uh, you know, the flippy, kicky type of character that people would expect because of uh, his circus background and gymnastics and stuff, you know. But I guess at the end of the day, when they looked at some of the episodes, the early stages, that wasn't the Robin they wanted or it wasn't what they was expecting. And, um, you know, um, they made some decisions. And next thing you know, I got a call. And next thing you know, I was on a plane in three days and here we are, you know, so that's pretty much how uh, my involvement with Titans came about. But it was a show I was interested in from the beginning. I remember uh, when they were trying to get it on TNT uh, many, many years ago. I believe that might have been oof, maybe four years ago, I think, that some announcement happened and they were trying to get it on TNT. And, you know, uh, this is before, I guess, DC was being branded with the whole Dark Universe phase and everything gritty and stuff, you know. I mean, I, I believe at the time, Arrow and Flash were probably the only CW shows at that time when they announced uh, they were trying to get a Titans going on TNT, and then I guess it fell off, and then uh, it came back, and here we are on the DC Universe. To come into a show midway has got to be pretty intimidating by itself, but were you at all intimidated by the fact that you were stepping into a really well-known universe you know, that, like you said, carries some heavy expectations with it. Yeah, yeah. It, look, every job has, you know, some type of intimidating factor because, you know, I, I do believe you're only as good as your last job, you know, and uh, you, that's why I try to take pride in any job I do, whether it's small, whether it's big, whether it's a known property or unknown script that you're hoping to make something special. But concerning this brand, you know, yeah, there was a lot of expectations ahead of time. Look, I'm a comic book fan. I'm a geek. I, I get it. Or blurred, <laughs> as, or blurred, as I say. But um, this particular show, I had to take what was in the script. Yes, I, I can have ideas. 
But I got to take what's in the script and stay true to that story and stay true to that character. But it gave me room to create and, you know, I guess flex some muscles concerning creativity and stuff. And I had a great team with me, you know, as well. So <clears throat> by no means am I taking all the credit. But at the end of the day, I was the guy hired that if anything went right or wrong, it fell on my shoulders, you know. So, you know, yes, everything can fall under, hey, great teamwork. But, you know, if something was good or bad, it's Larnell Stovall succeeding or Larnell Stovall failing. But when we succeed, we all succeed together, you know. So um, I'm very grateful for the guys I had with me who are back at all times, you know, uh, which was Aaron, Tony, and uh, Brian Ho, you know, who are known in the industry in their own right for doing amazing things. So, you know, uh, they were part of the creative process and, you know, made sure, you know, when I wasn't around, things went smoothly, you know, because it was uh, a lot to come in in midway where you're filming one episode, but then you're prepping reshoots of multiple episodes. Oh, you know, wow. because, yeah, because they wanted to change the action. That's why I was brought in. It's basically, you know, looking at something saying, hmm, okay, we can do better. Do we try to do better with what we have or do we do better with something different, a, a different vision, a, a different version? But what I did was I worked with the team that was in place already just to try to, you know, keep everything on the up and up because, you know, there was no reason for me to feel like we needed to start from scratch. I said, hey, let me just take a look at what everybody's doing, take a look at what the vision was, and take a look at what the talent was in place. And uh, let's see what we can do, you know? Uh, it's no different than uh, making a different version of gumbo. Like somebody wants a seafood version of gumbo, which is a, a super specialty from New Orleans, you know, which is where I'm from. <laughs> right. But uh, somebody, else, somebody else may want something with more flavor. They may go, hey, I like your seafood gumbo that has shrimp and crab and stuff in it. But I want the old school one. I want this one that has the most flavor. The one that has sausages, this type of thing, and this type of thing. You can give me that version. But the other version is good, too. So with that being said, I said, let's not throw out the pot. Let's go ahead and keep that pot and just bring a little more Creole seasoning here and there, put a little <laughs> more sausages in there, you know, and uh, let's go and make a better mix. And uh, here we go. We all still succeed. We all get a bowl and we all walk away full. So. <laughs> Welcome to Beat Bobby Flay, everybody. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Everybody walks away full. All right. But yeah, that was the experience of that, you know. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of pressure, but um, hopefully the world, you know, understands that, um, you know, DC has a vision. They have a certain way they want to execute things. And, you know, um, I speak up at different times concerning certain things I want to do with certain characters. But at the end of the day, they're your bosses. You have to listen and you have to, you know, do what you can based on what's in the script. And then what you can create, and then on the higher ups, all coming together, saying, "Okay, we like the direction you're heading, and keep going." Cool, very cool. Now, speaking about that talent, uh, what was it like working with that young cast as you try to create this new identity with some really beloved characters? The cast was amazing, and you know, like I said, I felt like the new kid that came in in the school year, <laughs> where everybody is <laughs> on past exams, everybody is bonded, and you're the guy coming in asking, hey, what's the answer, <laughs> you know, but you're the one with the questions and the answer because they're looking to you to bring something fresh and new. They were all very, they're all very cool. They all welcomed me with open arms. They were all excited. Believe it or not, the first day I got in, I literally landed at the airport, went through customs, uh, possibly around 7, 8 a.m., was at the studio by 9, 30, 10 a.m., shook a few hands, walked around, saw where my office was, 
met a few personnel head of departments and by 12 noon i was in a rehearsal stage area choreographing a fight for episode six that <laughs> was to be shot three days later wow yes yeah oh, it was choreographed by 1 p.m it was just myself there you know and um the stunt double we started choreographing it and then um i asked to have some stunt guys brought in and they were hired on the spot they got to the studio about an hour later we got in there uh pre-visit stunt visited shot it over two hours my guy did a quick little edit for us but while it was being edited i got the actor upstairs possibly around 4 or 5 p.m he came in he saw the fight ran by the stunt double maybe two or three times then he stepped in and did it piece by piece. And the next thing you know, he had the whole fight scene down within 15 minutes. Wow. Yep. I'll never forget that. Because that was like a welcome. And it was like, okay, well, who's this guy? You know, and he, he was very receptive, very open. He was like, man, I'm happy you're here. You know, I guess, you know, he felt the difference or he was very open and cool about it, caught on. And three days later, I'm on set in front of a crew I never met before, you know, taking over and, you know, trying to, bring some type of leadership to the table and say, hey, there's a new sheriff in town, but we all will still work together. We all still will operate as a family. And, uh, you know, let's raise the bar and we all succeed. And uh, he killed it. Now, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. The actor in there training quickly and, and picking it up. We've seen some some good and some not so good martial arts action with some superheroes recently. We won't name names, but um, uh, what is Titans bringing to the table that's going to separate it from what we have out there right now? Uh, Titans, it's finding its identity through its story each episode. You know, I mean, look, I see the reviews, I see when people are saying different things here and there, and you know, I get it, everybody's gonna have an opinion. Um, people grew up with these characters and some people are, you know, attached to the cartoon version, some people are attached to the comic book version. Um, only thing I can say that may separate it from other people is is definitely going to be different than what you expect all right concerning character development some stuff will be canon towards some comic books if you're into the lore of you know uh, dick separating himself from batman and all that other stuff and going to those different stories and you go okay cool that is legit that is real there's a reason why he has this angst and anger so i would say it's going to separate itself by having a unique look a Definite level of brutality that uh, I don't think you're going to see in many shows. I mean, look, uh, to be, be truthful, you know, yes, Daredevil has been violent. Yes, Punisher was very violent, and you expect that. So, you know, it's not saying we reinvented the wheel. We're doing something no one has ever seen. No, that's very honest and upfront about that because, you know, friends of mine did those shows, and, you know, I applaud them for, you know, how far they pushed the envelope in. It matched the characters. You know, Daredevil had to go brutal at some point. Punisher, he's known for brutality. This show is going to shock some people because, you know, they never thought of Dick Grayson, that Robin, as, you know, a brutal, seemingly, you know, guy that pushes the envelope to look like he's almost killing people. They've never seen that before. So, you know, some people go on and go, oh, my God, that's too much. Some people go, oh, cool, that's a different way of, of you know, seeing this character. You know, so that's definitely one way it's going to separate itself from what's out there by letting the characters do different things that the audience, you know, may uh, be receptive to or, you know, just have to keep an open mind and see where it goes in the long run. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, no matter what you do, haters gonna hate, right? There's nothing you can do about that. Oh man, <laughs> that story of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> only, only thing I can say is this: when you know you work on a show and the producers are on your side and they're not fighting you tooth and nail on your action, and you put your product out there, your product is a piece of you. You know, it's it's a it's a bit of your creativity, a bit of your world. And you hope the world receives it. You know, they enjoy it and they embrace it and you get to come back and do it again or you move on to something else. But either way, for that time, that was your universe. And for me, I want to say I was very grateful and thankful for, you know, for, us, for them allowing me to be in a universe and create. And let's see what the audience says, you know, see what, what happens. Cool. Now, I know Ryan Potter, who plays Beast Boy, is uh, an accomplished martial artist. Uh, does he get to use a lot of it in this uh, series? I gotta say, I mean, look, it could, could be considered a spoiler, but technically it's not. Um, no, he doesn't. Because okay. Beast Boy is not known as a martial artist at all. Right. Uh, at all. He transforms into these different uh, animals, and then they're you know, signature moves or whatever they do is what takes over, which we know is CGI at that point. Um, I really wish I could have done something with Ryan. There was some things I wanted to try to do with him and take advantage of his athleticism, but it just didn't match the story. You know, so hopefully some way we can take advantage of him. And I have some ideas. I won't say it on air because somebody might take my idea. You know, but, <laughs> but there was some ways I wanted to do some things with him that, you know, could take advantage of what his abilities are with the transformations. Yeah, I was uh, I was hoping that that was going to be uh, a chance for some animal style kung fu, but I guess not this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that would have been awesome. He would have been so game. You know, he, he's such, <laughs> such a great. Yeah, he's such a great actor. And uh, I think the world's going to love him when they when they see what he brings to the table. Cool. What about the uh, some of the other guys in the cast or some of the girls? Does does anyone else have any martial arts training? Uh, actually, no. You know, no martial arts training. Uh, you know, Raven wasn't necessary. Um, you know, Anna, who plays Starfire, you know, not necessary. I mean, yes, it says, you know, from uh, her canon or lore or, you know, what's considered uh, part of her background. It says she is a fighter. But, you know, in this, this series, she does fight, you know. But there was no particular set style set for her where she needed to go off and train somewhere. You know, she does fight and she's super strong and uh, she displays it at the right time when, you know, she's not burning people to a crisp. <laughs> How willing were all of the actors to uh, get into that physical mode uh, when they were starting uh, to train with you for these for these roles? Well, well, when I came in, like I said, coming in halfway through something, you know, the energy reset itself. You know, I'm not sure what was happening before I got there. And whether everybody was just as keen in game, but when I came aboard, everybody wanted a wanted a fight scene. Everybody, you know, <laughs> wanted 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 to get into it and you know be like, oh man, when is my fight? Or when are you gonna do something with me? And you know, I can't wait to see because you know they were watching the stunt vids and going, oh my god, this is gonna be crazy, it's gonna be insane. And you know, looking for the next script of when they're gonna have an opportunity to get in there and do something cool. You know, so. Um, no, they were all game when it was time to do anything, you know. So, you know, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, that's a, a lot of respect for the action department. And, you know, we did our best to re, to reward them, you know, anytime they worked with us by making sure they were able to do as much of their action as possible. 
Yeah. On, now, for one of those guys on Twitter, you said this about Brenton Thwaites, uh, who plays Robin. You said, quote, this guy killed it. Can't wait for the world to see him in action. Yes. Now, what stands out about his performance to you? Well, to me, it's interesting. It's like, you know, you can be around somebody and they can be themselves. But you can tell when they put that mask on, when they put the outfit on, and they become that character. You believe it. And it was kind of in awe at times, like, oh, my God, I'm choreographing Robin right now. And I'm choreographing, I'm choreographing the way I want to choreograph him. You know, or set up his action the way I want to set up his action. It was just so cool, you know. And I was like, either the fans gonna hate it, they're gonna love it, or they're gonna be mixed in between. But what he brought to the table, he was just very authentic in the way he did things. He never overplayed it too much. Um, he wasn't too brooding, if that makes sense. He wasn't too playful. He, he found mixes in between, and some of that carried over into the action. We caught on really fast because there really wasn't times I could pull him away to come rehearse because he was always on set, always involved in a scene, or barely had any type of gap. I mean, I would literally have to plan days ahead of time to say, hey, look, we have this fight shot and choreograph. I'll send you the stunt vids by your email so you can check it out. Let me know your notes, let me know your thoughts. Uh, if there's not, no changes or anything you're looking for, then cool. Maybe next Wednesday we can get together before you go shoot this scene, even if it's just like an hour, you know, just to run it over so you're not doing it on set. You know, so um, I was very proud of him for being able to adapt and pick up all these fight scenes and execute them well at all times. That's cool. That's cool. Now, you were talking about canon before. Are all of these characters pretty close to the canon that they've established before? Because from one of the trailers, I think they're in Detroit for a lot of this. Yeah, I don't believe that Detroit was a background city from canon. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, once again, like uh, because coming in through halfway, I have no no clue why Detroit was chosen. You know, but it is it's just interesting when you hear, you know, like when you get into this world and you hear Gotham, you hear Metropolis, then you hear Detroit. You know, he's like, wait, what? <laughs> but but to me, I guess that's kind of cool as well to say that you can have these made up cities that everybody's familiar with that certain heroes. Are synonymous with that city but it's also cool to hear your heroes in a city that everybody else knows about that's real world and relatable to us too yeah now given that we do have the real city uh in contrast to metropolis and gotham how real did you make this fighting look because robin doesn't have superpowers uh, everybody knows that so when he's getting into it i mean he's got to he's got to really get into it with the, the skills that he's got so it's got to be uh it's got to be all him it's got to be just you know his muscles and his uh, ability so how real does that translate on screen when he's throwing down with the his opponents it's it's very real nothing's uh nothing's too stylized nothing is um I always try to say reality plus 10%, maybe 15%, where you have to suspend some small disbelief so you can enjoy the action sequence. Um, and because of the timing of the interview, you know, I can definitely say because it comes out uh, tomorrow, episode one, you know, yeah, it was a lot of pressure. I had to, you know, redo that whole fight scene over again. And I get it because they wanted to start off strong. They wanted to establish this love of brutality and, you know, make sure he's vicious and we understand that he's fighting these demons inside of him and that had to reflect in the choreography. But I also had to keep in mind who he was trained by. 
you know, how smart he should be, how he should be technical, how he should be a few steps ahead of regular thugs. Like they shouldn't catch him off guard. They shouldn't punch him. They shouldn't, you know, you know, surprise him in the fight scene. So I wanted to make sure I reflected that. And uh, I think we did a good job. Um, you know, I can't say I'm pleased with the edit. The edit uh, to me was different than our edit. Okay. Um, you know, hopefully one day I can pro- po- post the stunt biz to show our version of it versus uh, how they edited it. Now, I shot the whole fight, you know, so I know what I shot. I know how it looks. I know what it could have been. Uh, the moves are there. Everything's there. It's just the flow of it, you know, became montage to me. And, uh, you know, I'm not pleased with that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still proud of, of Brenton, the work he put in. I'm still, you know, very grateful for the trust, you know, DC put in me to be in charge of such a huge fight that had to make a statement, you know. Um, and maybe I'll show the world, you know, eventually what the, what the stuff is was to go, oh, my God, this is what you got shot. Yes, this is what we shot. But it was edited. Eh. You know, and that's another fight. You know, as action directors, we always try to fight. You know, and but sometimes it's not us, and it's not the editors. Sometimes it's you know the bigger brass that wants to see it a certain way, or little story points you may want to express and tell. They may want to hurt and get past. That may make it feel jumpy, versus letting something breathe. It's no different than a um, a kung fu fight scene where. You know, there might be 10 moves before there's a separation. And then once there's a separation, that Kung Fu guy might go from tiger style to snake style. OK, posing as tiger and then switch to his snake style. OK, and that might eat up about, you know, five to seven seconds for him to do that switching styles. But somebody else might be impatient and they'll go from the kick. Next thing you know, they're attacking with snake style and you never saw the transition. Right, right. Little, little things like that. As martial artists and storytellers, we love showing things like that. We love showing that detail. But sometimes when producers or, you know, creative brass, you know, want to save time, they look at every three to five seconds that isn't a story to them that saves time. And they may chop, chop, chop. And next thing you know, these little small things that you covered and showed the details to, they may go, eh, we don't need to see that. Eh, you're not going to miss that. But then it crushes our soul when we see it because we know <laughs> we, we know we shot it. We know at the end of the day, you're like, ah, guys, I, I really wish I could have done more to give you the version we wanted to give you. So hopefully you still enjoy. Right. Now, after speaking to so many action directors and choreographers, I know that this is a struggle that you guys go through a lot because it's not often that you guys have the uh, ability to sit in there with the editor and and control that process from beginning to end right so you leave you leave your baby in someone else's hands so to speak and hope that they take care of it all the way through to the end Um, sometimes it comes out great sometimes it doesn't more often than not when you're able to have your hand in it uh, that's when your vision really comes to life but you know hopefully that this is just step one in the process and as that series develops you get a little bit more uh say in how that looks so that that final product is more along the lines of what you visualized when you started. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, look, and, and as of right now, this is um, the birthing stage of this DC universe. You know, for, for right now, you know, um, I don't know if they're going to be reactionary to what the fans say. Are they going to stick with their vision? Are they going to just say, hey, this is who we are, and we're going to keep the same type of feel for season two? 
Or, hey, we tried this in season one. Let's try something different in season two. Something different could mean a different team. You know, it could be a different vision. You know, it could be they might reach out to friends of mine, I know, to come in and do something different. That's just the way things go. You know, it might be like, hey, we love your work. We love what you did, but we're going to try something different for season two. And that's the way the business goes. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, if something like that ever happened, that they give that person or work with the team, you know, more control or more final say so on the edit instead of you shoot your final set and you pray and hope <laughs> that they do it justice in the editing room and you're not surprised when you see the right, final right, product. Right. So with with that in mind then, uh of the the shows that you had a hand in, do you have a favorite fight scene already uh that uh, you can't wait for the world to see? Man, that's a tough one. because um, here's the thing, um Titans was a great experience overall. Um, it's probably one of the, the shows I probably had the most control concerning how the action was shot and how it was edited. But um, you may not have the final edit, if that makes sense. Like, hey, here's our version. Yeah. But once it's passed off to the other people that have way more power, way more say so, they may go in and make. 10 different tweaks and those 10 different tweaks might make it feel like a whole different fight scene so with that being said i want to i want to say there's some good stuff in episode six or seven or six and seven you know i want to say those those two episodes right there you know should hold some weight concerning getting fans talking about what they see the team doing at that point or certain characters. Um, there's other stuff I can't really reveal yet because, you know, it definitely goes into smaller territory. And because we're not a binge show, we're coming out week to week. That's tough because, you know, there's certain things I would love to see mm. and get into. But if someone here, hears this, I don't ruin what's <laughs> happening in December ahead of time. You know, so... Uh, I would hate if someone did that to me. Gotcha. So, you know, I got to be careful. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So no spoilers. What kind of adventures are these characters getting into? Is it limited to Detroit? Is that where the, this universe is going to stay pretty much? Or, or are, are we going to open it up a little bit to uh, some otherworldly enemies as it goes? Yeah. As of right now, I can definitely say, you know, we, we played Detroit for this season. I can't say that, you know, uh, that's not such a big spoiler. But um, I also can say that, you know, it is acknowledged, you know, that there are other enemies and different things out there and some supernatural things are definitely going to happen. And regardless of this uh, real world grittiness that you're going for, there will be some times that, you know, some otherworldly things will take place, you know, so I, I do like that balance of both because it kind of catches the audience off guard. Like right when you're expecting everything to be just so grounded, bam, something comes out of the way that was a surprise. Like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that because it's something supernatural, something so superpowered that, you know, it feels weird seeing it amongst regular people, which is a cool Okay, cool. Um, Brendan Thwaites' character, Robin, uh, he uses a bow staff. Uh, yeah, did he did he study one particular style, or did, were you putting together a bunch of different things for him? It was kind of a bunch of different things. You know, um, once again, he really had no time to like learn a style style. Uh, but but before I got there, I do believe he did go train at Inosanto Academy for a while. You know, a few weeks to kind of 
you know, get into it. If anybody doesn't know that, you know, famous for Bruce Lee's yep. style. Um, uh, so he was able to go there for a while and train. Uh, and some of that came into play, you know, as far as how he holds his hands, his style, or, you know, being able to be quick with hand work here and there. Uh, he definitely trained hard with the bow staff. I mean, he was very fluid, very smooth with the bow staff. And the times we were able to use it, you know, it was pretty interesting. But I had to find that balance because, you know, uh, they didn't want it to be the showy, showcasing bow staff. You know, too much flippy, spinning things, you know, which always looks great in the cartoon, always looks great in the comic book pages, you know, but live action, you got to be careful of that. It's like um, it's like swinging a sword. Uh, so you swing a sword to make a strike, to right. kill, okay? You don't swing a sword to bring it back and figure eight it for no reason <laughs> and then keep doing figure eights every, between every move. You know, now, Wushu might be different. A lot of it's very different, very flashy, very showy. You know, but concerning the bow staff, I had to be careful. You know, the times we did use it, how it was used, what it was used for, what type of flair or move is happening in between and why. You know, so I always questioned that and didn't just uh, geek out too much and say, well, let's showcase him more. No, no, let's make sense, okay? If he drills somebody with the staff here, he brings it back, breaks somebody's bones here with something, you know, why should he spin it? He should just hold it. He should just go into the next fight. Or, you know, so he, he did great with the bow staff, I will say that. I look forward to seeing him grow more weapons in the future. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially those uh, Robin Batarangs that he's throwing around. Yeah, he did great with those. I mean, look, <laughs> um, definitely a great idea. You know, uh, definitely was fun playing with that uh, extra weapon on him. You know, like you said, Batman always has his utility belt and different things. Uh, you know, Robin, you know, you know, he has his different things that he uses as well. And that's kind of a surprise weapon he would take out every now and then and use it that, you know, bad guys would never see coming. So, you know, I was very happy to have that weapon to play with. And you'll see it used effectively in, in a few very episodes. Cool. So, uh Hopefully you enjoy. Awesome. So we are recording this the night before the premiere on the DC Universe streaming service. Uh, give me the dates and times and uh, any other information uh, regarding the premiere of the show. Well, at this point, I really don't know uh. when it's going to premiere concerning uh, time. Like, um, like right now, um, I don't know if it's going to premiere at midnight tonight. Will it premiere at 6 a.m.? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what time they're going to release it. But, you know, it does release one episode at a time. I will say, hang in there, audience, as far as uh, those that are fans of the show. I'm going to say give it two, maybe three episodes. And then make your decision if you're going to stick with it. Okay? To keep an open mind. You know, because some people, you know, they watch a pilot and they go, oh, I love it. Oh, I hate it. I'll never watch another episode. But because of the way the stories are intertwined, you will feel where things are heading definitely by episode three. So if you can get through three weeks, once a week, check it out. It'll be worth your while to hang in there the rest of the season. And uh, hopefully you're very pleased with, you know, what 
a bunch of passionate people uh, trying to do with these characters. Well, I, I am a fan of your work, and uh, I know there are a lot of people that are fans of your work, so I'm very looking forward to what you brought to the table with these characters. Uh, beloved characters, again, uh, sure, there are expectations, but I'm always open to seeing how different people interpret these different characters and bring some new flavor to it, so best of luck with that show. Uh, for anybody outside of the U.S. that is going to be available on Netflix, and I'm very jealous, <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anybody outside the U.S., uh, you can get that on Netflix starting tomorrow, Friday, October 12th. So good. So because I really want to see these episodes and get halfway through the season, you know, when it really gets really interesting, when there's some definite major stuff that should uh, have people talking at the water cooler, so to speak, and online with the fanboys. So I look forward to those conversations. Oh, yeah. And once again, if it sucks, if it sucks, it's my fault. If you love it, great team. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it, if it sucks, I'm we're, I'm not going to lay the blame on, on you. So don't. <laughs> but <laughs> the guys that follow you know the the work that you do. So uh, it's it's something that's that uh, we're looking forward to. The show itself has promise. Uh, it the the trailers look amazing. Again, haters are going to hate, but give it a chance. Let's see what happens and let's see what uh, the DC universe does with uh, some characters, especially in the hands of uh, someone like Larnell Stovall, who's going to bring the boom. All right, well, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, let's chop it up again really soon. Got some interesting things coming up, and uh, hopefully I can reveal more next time around. Awesome, definitely. Best of luck with the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's definitely touch base the next time uh, The next time you're doing something crazy out there. All right, great. Thanks again for the opportunity to speak to your audience and uh, continue to support, you know, guys that put out great podcasts like this, connected to the action world. We need stuff like this, all right? We're still... You know, finding our footing in this social media world, you know, let's not look over, you know, the individuals that give us this action, you know, and people who give them a chance to discuss their process and how we shine. Because, you know, one one thing I do know is when people buy Blu-rays, they, they love looking at the behind the scenes for the action. So, oh, yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. These guys have a voice. These guys have a voice. They're your next directors. They're your next second unit directors, you know. So, you know, so stuff like uh, what you're doing is, uh, is appreciated. Awesome. I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you again for taking some time to talk. Best of luck with Titans, and we'll see you out there. All right. Hey, thanks again. Appreciate it. My thanks to Larnell Stovall for coming back to the show to share his insight on DC's Titans. Always great chatting with him, and I'm always stoked to hear what he's got going on in the action world. When we recorded this show, the first Titans episode was releasing the next day, and you're probably getting this a few days before episode 2. So in the meantime, the reviews have started to come in for episode 1, and they've been pretty good. IMDB currently has the show with a 7.9 rating out of 10, with viewers being heavily on the positive side of the scale. Like Larnell said, give it three episodes or so to get involved in the story, and if you're still on board, buckle up for adventure. You can follow Larnell on Twitter and Instagram, probably on Facebook too. While you're there, follow me as well, and if you're on Twitter, don't forget to check out my buddies at the Castaways hashtag for some other great podcasts. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. The 2018 UASE will take place Saturday, November 10th at AMC Theaters Times Square. Featuring five theaters with over 60 hours of action content from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That's right, Action Junkies. We're having a 14-hour action film megathon showcasing the latest indie action film content and continuing last year's launch of Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater featuring Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Classics and honoring the 40th anniversary of Five Daily Venice.
Please join the Urban Action Showcase Diversity and Action Initiative, celebrating the past, present, and future multicultural achievements in the blockbuster action genre. As a platform, we advocate diversity and inclusion through our International Action Film Festival, Action Expo, and Action Film Awards platform to promote multicultural heroic images in order to change the dynamic of mainstream media. you to be a part of the action by pre-purchasing a 2018 event pass for yourself or a friend. Master, Sanjay is finished. We can attack the city. Mm. Poison Clan rocks the world. On the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea, they're roaming over the land Yeah, the little bit soldier is old, otherwise He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to raise jars Fight for the cars, then pass, hear the blast On the end, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster The channel little Drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time a shiner Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie Chung is finer Golden Swallow has arrived Chan Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all So stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin the man is style Yeah defeat the enemy me and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car Jet Li I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine